When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome on in, Eagles fans, to episode 44 of the No Huddle Show, our Philadelphia Eagles podcast right here on NJ.com. I'm Joe Giglio, joined as always by Elliot Shore Parks and Mark Eckel. They cover the Eagles for NJ Advanced Media. We have a lot to talk about since last time. We did one of these. The Eagles played their second preseason game. They brought in a new linebacker. They traded for a wide receiver. A lot, as always, going on with the Eagles. We'll get into that. And stay tuned when this episode ends, a sneak peek to a new football podcast coming up on NJ.com. Elliot, we'll start with you off of uh, the past week here. And I guess we could start the most recent and then work our way back to the trade last week. But the most recent piece of news, uh, we're doing this podcast on a Tuesday. On Monday, the Eagles officially announced the signing of Stephen Tulloch, which kind of felt inevitable for a while. But here it is. It's official. He's now a Philadelphia Eagle. Your thoughts on Stephen Tulloch, Elliot? Well, he certainly played the situation the best he could. I mean, Tulloch you believe they've been talking for a few weeks, which I'm sure they have. I don't know how close they were to signing him before Joe Walker went down. And I don't know if they would have signed him at all. But if you're Tulloch, I mean, this couldn't have worked out better for you. For you. Once Walker goes down, the Eagles are really – they have to do something. They have to sign somebody. Now, you can debate if Tulloch is the move, but they clearly wanted him, and he ended up getting paid. I mean, $1.75 million in guaranteed money. At this point of free agency, I mean, if they gave Tulloch that at the start of free agency, you would say, oh, that's – you know, backup money, but to give someone that's on the street at this point, 1.75 million to me, really speaks to how badly they felt they needed Tulloch at this point. You know, Schwartz talked on Tuesday about Tulloch and really, you know, just just raved about him, said, you know, he's great against the run, he's a hard worker. He mentioned how he never likes to miss practice, which probably was not a direct shot at Michael Kendricks, but Kendricks certainly misses his fair, fair share of practice. So, you know, Schwartz seems to be the biggest fan out there of, of Tulloch, and it'll be interesting to see how much he plays based off the money they gave him and how their defensive coordinator, who calls all the shots on defense, seems to be a huge fan of him. Mark, what are your thoughts on Tulloch? I mean, 31-year-old linebacker, obviously there was a need there when Joe Walker went down. He makes sense, but do you think he makes sense for the Eagles? Only because there was nobody else out there and only because Joe Walker tore his neatest. I mean, come on. Yeah, Jim Schwartz in the same press conference told us how great Marcus Smith and Jalen Watkins are, too. So take take that, take Jim Schwartz's quotes for what they're worth. Um, of course he likes Tulloch. He's, he's known him since he was came into the league with, with, with Tennessee. From what I'm told, Tulloch is a great guy. He's hard not to like. Everybody I've talked to about him says, oh, wonderful guy, good guy, great guy. Can't play anymore, but a hey, great guy. <laughs> I mean, you know. I mean, he was unemployed. I mean, the, that powerhouse, rock-ribbed Detroit Lions defense cut him. Okay, he wasn't a free agent. He wasn't his contract didn't expire. The Lions cut him. He wasn't good enough to play for the Detroit Lions. That's one. Number two, he's been unemployed from the day the Lions cut him to the day Joe Walker tore his, a seventh-round pick tore his knee. I mean, come on. Let's can we look at the facts and say? All right, this guy's okay. He's a, he's a he's a he's a back. He's Joe Walker, but ten years older. That's what he is. Let's not get excited about Stephen Tulloch. 
The question is, though, would they have been better off signing a younger player? And I think that's one per, that's, that's one of the criticisms you hear of the move is, you know, is this team that not many expect to compete? You know, does it make sense for them to sign veteran back? Well, it makes sense in a sense, in, in the only way it makes sense. He's not going to, I mean, hopefully, if you're the Eagles. going to play. What's that? I think he's going to play. How much? I don't know, but I mean, I think I think like every of, week we'll see. Tullick, I think every week we'll see Tulloch on the field in, in big situations. Oh, I, I disagree. You don't? No. Um, All right. I mean, I think for a number of reasons. One, the Eagles linebacker is always getting hurt. So. Well, that's, that, that's okay. You tell me somebody's going to get hurt, and of course he's going to play. But I'm saying all things being equal, Jordan Hicks is your middle linebacker. What the the best part about signing Tulloch is, like I said, he supposedly he's a great guy. That that's a plus because. Jordan Hicks has only played what seven NFL games in his career. Yeah, still, and D'Amico Ryan's, who I would have preferred they signed instead of Stephen Tulloch, um, is the perfect was the perfect mentor to Jordan Hicks. If you remember last year, it was the whole um, Mufasa Simba thing, blah blah blah. You know that uh, Billy Davis brought up. Well, Tulloch could fill that same role as a if he's as good a guy as everybody says. He knows this defense very very well. He could serve that same role as Jordan Hicks's mentor and, you know, teaching him the role, the ropes and not just, and not just on the field calling plays, but how to behave, how to act like a professional, how to handle himself, how to do a lot of things. Eagles don't have a lot of guys like that in that locker room right now. From that, from that standpoint, as, as Doug Peterson called him, he's the chase Daniel of the defense. But, but, but my thing is this, I don't, I don't disagree with what you're saying, but, Jim Schwartz is clearly a guy that likes to play people that already know his system that he's he's trusted before and have produced for him. I mean, he finds out they can't, like Ron Brooks, right? But I'm just saying he started out Leo. I mean, Leotis McKelvin and Ron Brooks as starters, and Nigel Bradham. And is any of well Bradham because they have nobody else? Do you think either Brooks or McKelvin are going to be? McKelvin might be, but Brooks isn't going to play. McKelvin's going to start. And Brooks is at the very least going to be their nickel corner, and he'll be on the field a ton. I mean, you know, who starts on the outside? You, you told me Jalen Mills is the next star of the team. Yeah, not week one, though. Hmm. I mean, but I'm saying, do you think Jim Schwartz seems like a tough— I mean, I'm not saying they're going to bench Jordan Hicks, obviously, but would it totally surprise you if at the end of the season you looked at the snap count and Tulloch was basically close, you know, within 100 snaps of the top three linebackers? Yes. Well, again, injury aside, I mean... Yeah, no, injuries injuries aside, injuries aside. Nobody gets hurt, yes. I'd be very surprised if he's within 100 snaps. Well, how do you think this impacts Kendricks? Here's how how I think it does impact Kendricks. It'll be very easy for Schwartz now to slide Hicks to the outside. Let's teach teach Hicks a new position, because he's he's mastered the one already, playing seven games at it. But I'm... You're you're looking at this obviously from your perspective. I'm saying from there, but for, for if if you're Jim Schwartz, you're telling me that's not tempting. Do you think Jim Schwartz likes? Michael? No, it's not tempting. Stephen Tulloch's not is not. He's a older. He's a backup now. That's all he is. He's a stop. He's an insurance policy in case Hicks gets hurt. That's you what think, it is. Who do you think Schwartz likes more, Tulloch or Kendricks? Care who he likes more. Who's the better player? He okay, but he's the. I'm I'm saying overall, like who do you think he would rather have out on the field? If he's smart, Kendricks. The better and player. I, I would like to agree with you, but my point, I'm, but like what I'm saying is, I think you're underestimating how much Schwartz likes Tulloch. That's all I'm trying to say. All right, think? to go, they, they can hang to, out, they can go to dinner, go out, have a couple drinks. Kick I'm out, saying, five, as a player, you know. saying as a player, as a player, I think he likes. Not, not 
Elliott, he's not that good. All okay. right, I, I want to go to let's go to what Peterson had to say, and then I, I think I oh, think can today, I say one more thing. Can I say sure, one more thing? sure. I'm not saying Tulloch is good. I don't know if Tulloch's good or not. I do. They obviously. Well, I mean, I do. But everybody I talk to has told me. Right, but what I'm what and I'm saying the fact that he's been on the streets since like August till August twenty first. Right. So why did the Eagles give him one point seven five million guarantees? Why did they give Case Daniel seven million? I don't okay, know. Okay, and and if and if Bradford went down, they would start. Who are they bidding against? Right, but you're you're looking at this from whether it was a good logical standpoint. I'm sorry. Well, no, but, <laughs> no I, I think you guys are on to what I wanted to ask. But Peterson's comments about his competing, and then I guess Schwartz chimed in on that uh, you know, today. Um, we're doing this podcast on a Tuesday. That, that's the question. Elliot, you just asked it. Why is he here then? This is a 31-year-old linebacker. You mentioned, Elliot, to start this, how much they gave him. Um, there's no clear starting spot up, up for grabs at all. Uh, and he doesn't play special teams. At least he hasn't since he probably was a kid. Why is he on the football? If Mark, if... If he's he not going to play, be a mentor to, to help, they need somebody has to be a backup middle linebacker. What Hicks? I think I get don't hurt. usually backup middle linebackers play. Is he going to play special teams? No. He, he, Peterson said he might be on one or two. He would like him to be on one or two, not all of them. And I'm sure Jim Schwartz and Tulloch had a nice laugh at that when they heard Doug say that at the podium. <laughs> oh, here's what I'm here's what I'm saying though. Here's what I'm saying. I think Tulloch's on the team because Schwartz doesn't trust any of the line. Like, Schwartz is not supremely confident in any of the linebackers. Because Hicks gets hurt a lot. Kendricks gets hurt, struggles in coverage, and, you know, whatever you want. Have you seen Tulloch cover somebody? Tulloch's going to play the middle, though. Sometimes middle has to cover. I know, but I'm – all right. I I mean, look, you've said to me before you think Hicks is better on the outside, right? If they had a real middle linebacker, yeah. Tulloch is, but to me, Tulloch is that real middle linebacker. I'm not saying he's good. I, I forgot he's Ray Lewis. I keep, I keep forgetting that he's Ray Lewis reincarnated. All right. He's not good. I mean, that's like saying Chase Daniel should start a quarterback. But they, but they also have Leotis McKelvin as their top cornerback right now. Well, and they're only in their minds. He's not going to be Okay, so, so look at this from the Eagles' mind, right? Like, I can't. I can't. I, I have to get a, a lobotomy first. All right. All right. So you, you can't. But I'm going to, from, from their perspective, if you ask me what I think will end up happening based off they're thinking, I think Tulloch's going to play. I think he's going to play. Oh, I don't wow. know how. I don't know what. I'm just saying I think Tulloch will be not a big part, but he will be. He will be. He will have a factor into how this defense plays out this season. Well, that, well, that's, again, if Jordan Hicks gets hurt again, absolutely. You're right. But yeah. I think without injury. I, 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 I and Elliot, I tend to agree. I don't know how it's. I don't know how the machinations are going to happen, but I, I tend to see that too. And you guys are on point today. I hope that, you guys are right. Really, I hope you're right. He's out there, and you'll be saying, "Oh my god, oh my god, look at this guy." And we might be saying that, but we'll be saying that about a lot of positions on this team. We'll be saying, true. "We'll be saying, oh my god, they put Samolo out there. Oh my god, they have McKelvin on, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. Oh my god, Sam Bradford's a quarterback." Like we'll be saying that about a lot of positions. You know what I mean? So I don't know why you think with Tulloch they're all of a sudden gonna. Because just because. Peterson made it pretty clear yesterday, and I know he's only the head coach, that he's <laughs> going to be a backup. That well, if you know, we had to do something when Walker got hurt. Yeah, but Peterson also said Green Beckham wasn't going to play against the Steelers, and he did. He also said Wentz wasn't going to throw, and then he did. He also said they were going to hit all camp, and he did. Like what are you said about, are you saying Doug doesn't tell the truth? <laughs> I'm saying Doug doesn't know the truth, maybe. <laughs> I'm saying, to me, it comes uh, it comes across as Doug kind of stumbles over what he's trying to tell you guys pretty consistently, and. Look, we'll see what happens with Tulloch and what happens to linebackers. But you guys led right into the first factor fiction, whether that and that would be if Tulloch's going to play or not. Elliot, obviously, you think he's going to. Mark, 
you don't think he will as much unless, as Elliott will. Unless there's injury. I think All right, he's unless there's injury. All right, let's now go to the other big piece of news, the other acquisition the Eagles made since last time we recorded a podcast. That was the trade for Dorio Green-Beckham from the Tennessee Titans giving up Dennis Kelly. I think on the surface, I haven't really heard one person anywhere say this was a poor trade, talent for talent. But obviously, there's other stuff there with Green-Beckham. There's a reason why uh, the Titans you know, were willing to give up on him. Elliot, now there's expectations for Green-Beckham now, and there are people out there who just believe the Eagles will find a way to screw his head on straight, and he'll go out there and be Plaxico Burris. It, when we talk about Green Beckham, I mean, what what do you think he's going to be? And how impactful do we think he's going to be for the Eagles this year? Right. Well, I think one of the biggest misconceptions out there is Green Beckham was available to the Eagles because of the stuff he's done off the field in college. Like, I the, the Titans, they drafted him. So they were obviously okay to a certain degree with what happened. Not these Titans. College. What? Not these Titans. The guys that drafted him aren't yeah. the job anymore. Right, but they brought him to camp. I mean, I think if... Well, I guess, I'm just saying, don't, don't tie yourself to the fact that the Titans, the, the general manager and head coach that drafted him are no longer with the team. So it's kind of like, but you know. I guess, what, I guess what I was saying was, I think he's not here because he has questionable work ethic and has trouble. Like he's not, I talked to someone who's known him since his days in Missouri and then also in Tennessee and said he's not football intelligent. And I think that's why he's, he's here and not in Tennessee. I don't think it has mu- as much to do with his personality off the field, I guess this would, I mean, I guess kind of, that is kind of his personality, but it's like his legal problems. But I think he's here because he has trouble learning the playbook. Now, the counter to that is he still had a pretty productive rookie year, despite the fact that, you know, he had trouble learning the playbook and had, you know, work ethic issues. So if the Eagles can get his head screwed on straight, then obviously they have a talent. And I really think this is a real good chance for the receivers coach, Greg Lewis, to really make a name for himself. If he can get Darrell Green-Beckham to be what everyone thinks he could, which is honestly one of the best receivers in the league. I mean, he has that type of... Natural, by the way. I saw you, you, you wrote that. One of the best receivers in the league? I mean, he's like 6'6". He runs a 4'3'7", is what four, he said. Well, he said his best ever was 4'3'7". Whatever. Well, but I mean, my point is he has the... like. Like, Jordan Matthews, as much as I like him as a receiver, I don't think can ever be one of the best receivers in the league. Do you agree with that? Yeah, he's, I think he's very good, but yeah. I, know, yeah, I, I, I tend to think, think the same thing. Yeah, I think he'll be a good. very good player, but we'll never talk about yeah. him like we talk about, you know, Beckham or Julio Jones or those guys. Right. And I don't think Dorio Green's in that. I mean, he's good. he could be good. All right, go, I'm sorry, I, don't, I didn't mean to interrupt well, you. Well, my, my point is Jordan Matthews will say himself that he's, he's never been the fastest. He's never been, you know, the tallest. He's never had – you know, he'll say those things about himself. Doral Green Beckham Jr. can say to himself that when he steps on a team, he's more than likely the most talented receiver there. They can get his head screwed on straight. I think he has the ability to be one of the best receivers in the league when you take into account his how physical he is, how big he is, he has good speed. You know, he's, his hands aren't great, and that fits him with the rest of the Eagles. But I, I just think the Eagles now have a receiver on the rocks that you can legitimately look at and say this guy could turn into something very special, whereas I don't think they had that before. See, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this. I think it's a very good trade because you can't lose. If he's a bum and, he's, and you cut him, you're probably going to cut Dennis Kelly anyway. You think they're going to cut Dennis Kelly? You, you, yeah, I mean, if they did, would you, would you cry? I mean, it's Dennis Kelly, for God's sake. There's, a hundred, there's thousands of Dennis Kellys in it. And, and nothing, again, nice guy, but come on. Dennis Kelly? Yeah. But they didn't give up anything, basically. I don't think, however, I don't think they are going to. I think, he, I think this, that he, this, he's a great player is way overblown. I think he could be a good 
athletic, um, red zone threat, deep threat. Um, but as you pointed out, football intelligence is kind of important. And if he lacks that, that's going to stop him from being one of the best receivers in the league. The fact, what makes Des Bryant and Odell Beckham and um, Jordy Nelson or whoever else you want to, Julio Jones, A.J. Green, part of what makes them great is also their, their not only their athletic ability, but also their football intelligence and running the right routes and, and knowing how to get open and knowing how to do things. If he's never going to, and you don't, I don't think you learn that at, at this point of your career. I think either you have it or, or you don't, but I mean, Greg, Greg Lewis can, can teach him some things. If, if I'm Greg Lewis and I'm Doug Peterson and I'm Frank Reich, my thing with him is two things. You only got to learn two things. Run, run a go route, you know, run deep, get by your corner, you know, get by the guy, take the safety with you, open things up for other guys. And even if we don't throw it to you and two, when we're in the red zone, do a, you know, run a fade. Cause they don't have anybody that can do that right now. He can, he's like, you said, he's big and strong, you know, that, and, and then guess what? If that's all he does, that's pretty good. I'd be very happy with that. Even though I think he could be one of the better receivers and best receivers in the league. I, I think he's going to be a disappointment this year because one, I think expectations are very high probably because of people like me writing. He could be the best receiver. Yeah, I wonder why, <laughs> but, but two, I think this team's not going to be good. And I think he's going to lose interest pretty quick. And you know, all those, Maybe they get him to study his playbook really hard at the beginning, but when they're, you know, when they're like two and two and seven after nine weeks, I'll be interested to see, you know, that. And three, I don't think they have the quarterback to do what he does best, which is Sam Bradford does not take chances with the football. And in my opinion, Gerald Green Beckham is a receiver where he'll make his plays when he's given a chance, like to out jump somebody or to to win a fifty fifty ball in the end zone or you know down the field. And I don't think. Bradford throws those passes. Well, in fairness, has Bradford ever had a guy that could that could do that? Probably no. not, but he'll he'll have a chance now. I mean, his right. mo, like Elliot said, is to not take those chances or make those passes. But this, well, maybe this is a variable. Maybe this is a different right. type of receiver for him. Who is he going to do it with? But I think it's oh. a mental. I think it's a mentality more so than I don't think. I don't think Bradford says to himself. You know, ah, oh, like Chris Givens isn't going to win this ball. I mean, now maybe you're right with Green Beckham, he'll be more willing. But I do think there's something about Bradford, and there's some positives to this because you know he traditionally doesn't throw a lot of interceptions, even though he threw a lot last year. But you know, I mean, the positive is he he doesn't. You know, he is more careful with the ball. So it'll be interesting to see if he's still like that with Green Beckham. Well, I like what Bradford said when the, we Bradford we we talked to Bradford the day of the trade. Matter of fact, right after. Right about, out about not even an hour after the trade, Bradford was was in the media tent, and I actually asked him what he said. He, he didn't know a lot about him. Uh, somebody asked because Oklahoma connection, and he said he really didn't know anything about him from that. But I said, well, what well, what do you know about him? And and his answer was his immediate answer was, I like what he can give us in the red zone. Uh, you know, a guy that big, and that's you know that was Eagles. That was a major problem the last couple of years with the Eagles was you know they they settled for a lot of field goals. Uh, instead of touchdowns, because they they would get to the you know inside the twenty and the drive would stall, and they kick a field goal, um, and I think a lot of that was they didn't have a good red zone re- receiver. And now they now this I mean this if, if like I said if nothing else he should be a good with his size and strength and athletic ability he should be a good red zone target. No, I would think so. Yeah. So let's let's wrap the Dorio Green Beckham conversation with this. Fact or fiction, we'll start with Elliot then Mark. Um, Dorio Green Beckham will have a major impact on the 2016 Eagles. Fiction. 
Mark? Um, major. Um, I'll say fact in that I think he'll be one of their leading receivers. Okay, I mean that. Yeah, that would be major because he, he was arrived on the team uh, and he wasn't there last week. That would obviously change their receiving core right. for the positive. All right, let's stay with the receiving core a little bit off the game last week, but then we'll move on to this game and, and really kind of thinking about what this guy has to do to continue to impress. So the obviously the Eagles added a wide receiver in Greenback, and we heard last week they put a waiver claim on Rasheed Bailey, who was the star of last year's training camp and preseason. So clearly their wide receiving core. They're not totally comfortable with the way it is right now. Uh, and then came the the move to go out – or not the move, but I mean Paul Turner, right, the, to bring him in in the offseason and the way he played again in the second preseason game. Elliot, for you, Paul Turner, game two, all these practices, are you leaning more towards Paul Turner is going to edge his way into this team? What are the thoughts now halfway through this preseason with Paul Turner? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Mark was the first person to write it that I think he is going to make the team. Um, I think, you know, I think he's better than Rasheed Bailey. But the difference with, you know, a lot of people will point to Paul Turner this year and say, oh, he's just another Rasheed Bailey. Well, I think he's better. But two, I think the Eagles need – it's easier to make the team now if for as an Eagles receiver. I mean, last year you had Aguilar, Matthews, Cooper, Huff. Um, Miles Wolf. Uh, Iratutu, the uh, special teams guy. That was five right there. That Miles Wolf. And Miles Austin. So you had six six receivers that were locks to make the team last year. This year, if you look at the locks, I mean, Matthews is a lock. Um, I guess Aguilar is a lock, unless they trade him. And I don't think Green Beckham is a lock. So there's there's far fewer – there's more roster spots open. Now, I think Paul Turner has played well. Um, you know, he catches literally everything thrown his way. I mean, even in practice, I tracked the drops, and I don't think he had one all-training camp. And he hasn't had any in the game. He had that one nice, you know, that nice hand to catch, the one hand to catch. So I do think he is going to make the team. And at this point, I think he'll play a little bit. I think he'll, you know, he'll, and on Saturday against the Colts, I think you'll get, see him get some reps with the first team offense for sure. Mark, you were big on Paul Turner last week before he went out there and not only made a, a big play. I mean, he, that catch he made against the Steelers is still being talked about. It was a legitimately tremendous catch by him. And I think he's opened up everyone's eyes now. And you talked about him last week. Yeah, I don't, you know, thank you. I don't, I'm not going to brag, but no, I mean, he's, yeah, I'll I'll be stunned if he doesn't make the team. I mean, again, like Elliot said, it's not like he's beating, he has to beat out a lot of great players to do so. I mean, right now, I think he's four and maybe three. I mean, I think Matthews and Aguilar, even though Matthews hasn't played yet, but Matthews and Aguilar are are one, two. Um, I, I think they want Green Beckham to be in the mix. And I think Turner, I mean, Gibbons and Randall have, Two free agent signings have given them absolutely nothing. And I wouldn't be surprised if both of them get cut. I know it'll cost them a little bit of money, but you got to do what you got to do. And I don't know if they're going to keep five or six receivers, but if they only keep five, it comes down to Huff, Givens, and Randall. And I know, I know a lot of the fans don't like Josh Huff, but he is a very good kick returner, which Givens and Randall aren't. He also plays other special teams, with which Randall does not. Um, and he also gives the receiving core. Like I mean, look, I know everyone gets on me because I still believe in Josh Huff, but he does give the receiving core something that the other players don't, which is he can run like those end around and those bubble screens. Yeah. Where I'm not sure. I mean, maybe Aguilar, but he he he's a different type of player than the rest of the Eagles receivers. And the one thing you hear the Eagles coaches talk about. 
both on offense and defense, is having different types of players. You know, and the Schwartz said today with the linebackers, he used an analogy of you don't want everyone bringing the same thing to the party, otherwise the party's not fun because it's all this, it's all the same things. So, um, I mean, I think on the receivers, you want you want different types of uh, different type of skill sets, and I do think Huff, even though he has trouble holding on to the ball, which they all do, but I do think Huff brings something different than the rest of the receivers. So how would you guys rank – let's go with the three. Let's go with Huff, Randall, Gibbons in terms of – if you were making out the roster, how would you rank them in terms of likelihood to keep them? So if you want to keep the guy he's first and the guy at the bottom of your list, the most – you know, the guy you'd cut to keep Turner. Elliot, how would you rank the what, three we're talking what about? I, what I would do or what I think the team will do? What would you do and then what do you think the team will do? I would go Huff, Randall, Gibbons because I think – Yeah, so Gibbons is out. Yeah, in my opinion, given to that. I mean, I know people say he can stretch the field, but I just still think Randall, I mean, he's been a consistent performer in his career. I think he gives you some, you know, like some consistency there, whereas you have a lot of other question marks. Whereas I don't think Givens has shown he can produce consistently at NFL level. So that's why I would go Randall over Givens. And then with Huff, I mean, I just keep him because he's younger and he can return kicks. And I do think he has a chance. Out of the three of them, I think if you told me what player – is going to become – in two years from now will be considerably better than they are right now. I think Huff would have the best chance of being that player. Mark, now, how would you rank him? I don't, know what I, I don't know what I think they'll do, but that's, that's how I would do it. What would I do? I would, I would almost – Huff, Huff definitely next. And then Randall Gibbons are decide. I don't care. I really don't care. I don't think either one of them is going to make a difference. Um, I'd get rid of both of them and only keep five. And and the only reason I would I would keep like I said I would keep Huff for no other reason than I mean say what you want about him as a wide receiver he's a damn good kick returner and they're not I mean people say oh so what kick no their kick returners can change games sometimes I mean you know and the Eagles, you know, with the well, yeah, I mean, you yeah. want feel yeah you want good field position and you need you know he breaks one a couple times even one you know that's important that's to me that's very important and they have Barner also but. Barner's okay at it. Huff is damn good at it. He's a good – If I think if Huff did it all year, he's going to be among the top five, ten in the league in, in kick returns. And, again, you can – I mean, you could cast that aside as a big deal, but to be your fifth – if he's only your fifth receiver and he's a real good kick returner, to me there's some there's some value there. I mean, again, Josh Huff is not going to get them to the Super Bowl any, anytime soon as a receiver, but – he, he, and he is young. He's still young enough. What's he, 24, 25? That, you know, there's no reason to just uh, – now, with all that said, if somebody wanted to trade trade for for Josh Huff, I'd be, I'd be willing to listen to the offer. I'll, I'll also say, though, you know, if we want to talk about how the Eagles are going to win games this year, you know, part of that is special teams making plays. But if you have – you know, if you're getting your offense to start at the 35-40 consistently instead of, you know, the 15 or 20 – I mean, this team is going to have trouble moving the ball. So even just starting 10 yards more, that's, you know, that's, first yards, it's, that's a huge deal. Because, I mean, they're not going to be a big play offense. They're going to be dink and dunk offense. And the smaller the field, obviously, the better off they are. Absolutely. Yeah, that will make a difference for them. That, that kind of makes sense on why uh, Huff could still play earlier. Let's do one more factor fiction because uh, you both seem to think Paul Turner is a fact to make the team. One more factor fiction, then we'll talk about this game coming up on Saturday night against the Colts. Now, Carson Wentz, uh, he's been injured here for a couple weeks. He hasn't done much. He threw a little bit, and there was a confusion with Doug Peterson talking about if he threw, when he threw. Factor fiction, Elliot, he's going to play in that fourth preseason game. Do you think 
that he'll be ready? And, and do you think the Eagles, more importantly than if he's ready or not, do you think the Eagles will want to get him out there? Or do you think this is going to be a cautious thing and maybe we don't see Wentz again in, you know, in a game setting for a while? I think it's, I think if I had to pick factor, I think of all the questions we've asked, this is the one that's most in the middle. But if I had to pick one, I would say fiction because for a couple reasons. One, the fact that he's not even really practicing yet is obviously not a good sign for how close he is getting back. Two, he seemed like he was more sore than he thought he would be after he started to throw the football, which I don't think is a setback or anything like that, but is, again, not a great sign. And three, the, the turnaround from the Colts game to the Jets game is pretty quick, if I'm not mistaken. They play the Colts on Saturday and the Jets on Thursday, right? So, I mean, you're talking about, you know, they'll play Saturday, they won't practice Sunday. So they'll practice Monday, Tuesday. They'll do maybe a walkthrough on Wednesday and then travel to New York. And then they won't. Then- Don't go to New York. Oh, sorry. Okay. But they probably will still go, go light the day before. Right. So, so you're talking about maybe one or two practices. If assuming he's ready to practice in the first one. So with how quick that turnaround is, I don't think he'll play. And I don't think they'll want to risk throwing him in there very quickly. So I would say it's fiction that he plays in the fourth one. Mark, how about you? Fact or fiction, we see Carson Wentz in a game setting one more time before the season starts. God, I really, really, really want to say fact. Because I want to, A, I want to see him. And B, I don't think I could take four quarters of McLeod Bethel Thompson. Um but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with Elliot that it's fiction. And mainly the, the point that Elliot brought up, if it, if it was the other way around, like if they played Thursday this week and Saturday the following week where they had, they had extra time to get ready, there would be a little bit more of a chance. But like Elliot said, only gonna, he hasn't, he's not going to do anything this week. Then they're going to play. Then he's going to come back. The, the most he's going to get in is two practices after not practicing all that long. I don't I – don't, I, like I said, I hope – I'm really hoping he does play, but I – you're asking me now today, I got to say no. Which means for fans that the chance to see him again uh, might not come for a long time. All right, so you have the Colts, you have the Eagles Saturday night in Indianapolis, third preseason game. This one's the dress rehearsal. This one, you know, if any we could derive meaning from, this is the one you tend to do it, though. Last year, of course, let's not forget, uh, <laughs> we, we, we derived too much meaning, and that, by that I mean anything uh, from what happened against Green Bay. But that aside... What are you looking for on Saturday night, Elliot? What's the one thing, if you had to say, I'm watching this player, I'm watching this to see if the Eagles could do it or how it looks, what are you looking for in the dress rehearsal? So this might be a cop-out answer because I'm not going to pick one player. But, I mean, to me, what I really want to see is I just want to see the offense move the ball. I mean, last week against the Steelers, I thought the offense line played pretty well. I thought Sam Bradford played pretty well. Um, You know, the receivers are are what they are. But... Even despite getting pretty good performances at your quarterback and offensive line, they only scored three first-half points against the Steelers, basically second-team defense, and they were kind of gift-wrapped at those three points. So for me against the Colts, I just want to see some semblance from this offense that they're capable of scoring over 20 points in a game. I mean, if they, if, if they only score three points again against the Colts in the first half or if they're out there for eight drives and you know, only manage maybe one touchdown and the rest are, are ugly drives, that'll be concerning because – I've seen enough of the defense. I think the defense is going to be good. Now they have, you know, Stephen Tulloch, as we all know Mark thinks is going to be a real difference maker. So that the defense will be better. So I'm fine well, with the defense. I, I already booked his trip to uh, the Pro Bowl for him. Yeah, exactly. So – and he'll bring Schwartz. But – so, I mean, I think – I think I'm fine with the defense. I don't need to see anything else from the defense. But the offense, I still – I just need to see some semblance of life. Some semblance so, – something that, that says to me that there, there's – 
even a little bit of hope because right now I don't think there's really any at all in terms of the offense looking good. Mark, how about for you? Saturday night in Indianapolis against the Colts, Andrew Luck. Um, what are you looking for, and really, what what are you trying to, to see if this team can accomplish in this dress rehearsal? I'm actually just the opposite of Elliot this time. I'm glad I'm I was agreeing with him way too much the last couple of times. So <laughs> just the opposite. I, the offense is what it is. What do you, what do you think you're going to see? You think Sam Brevin's going to wake up and become Joe Montana? You think these receivers are going to turn into Jerry right now? Well, is, they, this it, is his week, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, it's the preseason. Yeah, but I think the Colts might care more than Green Bay did. Anyway, I want to see the defense because as great as the defense has played these first two weeks. Pittsburgh played no one. That was Landry Jones out there at quarterback, who might have been the worst quarterback I've seen in a long, long time. It wasn't Roth, It wasn't even Roethlisberger's backup. It was the third string guy. Andrew Luck, I expect to play three quarters or so, right, this week. So I want to see this defense against one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Let's see if they if they pick him off three, three or four times. Let's see if they get pressure on, on him. Let's see if they shut him down. If they do, then we got some. If Luck goes out and puts up 35 on him in three quarters, back to the drawing board, right, Jim Schwartz? Yeah, yeah. that's a fair point because I feel I, like I, I want to see. I want to see them against a real offense because Pittsburgh didn't put it. Not, not only didn't Rother, not only didn't Ben Roethlisberger play, none of his receivers or, or running backs played either. They had the Steelers sent out a skeleton crew that night. Yeah, there was nobody out there, and oh. right. And I, I think one way or the other, there's going to be a lot of reaction from it. If they, like you said, Mark, if they go out there and, and they dominate Andrew Luck and the Colts' offense there, I mean, there's going to be, I'll be impressed, right? And the expectations will just get higher for this defense and what they could and be well, this year. And if they get the opposite, if they get torched, all of a sudden we're going to say, "Wait a second, you know, wh- how good can they really be, and how good could Schwartz make them in year one?" And then if they're not really good, well, you know, that's the only hope the Eagles seem to have right now. Special teams will be. good. Well, there you go. Well, day fifth, we, you know, we, we know about him and what he does. So the special teams will be good. We'll watch this game on Saturday. We'll be back next week for another podcast. Uh, and, and that'll be really after that one, like you guys were saying, the fourth preseason game against the Jets is just a few days later. And if Wentz plays, there's something to watch. If he doesn't, it's almost like we just kind of hit the pause button and get ready for September 11th against the Browns. So one more big one of the preseason for what it's worth, and then we move on to closer to the regular season. Elliot, as always, thanks for doing this. Yep, no problem. Thanks, Mark. Thank you, Joe. And thanks to all of you for listening. And for all of you Rutgers fans out there, here's a sneak peek at our new podcast debuting on August 30th on NJ.com. It's called Rebuilding Rutgers from the Ashes. You can subscribe right now on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. I want to build a first-class program here. This is a new time. What what I'm committed to is a new time, a new chapter. And that new chapter, I'm going to be inviting a lot of people to invest in our future. We need to create some positive energy around this program. It is year number three in the Big Ten for Rutgers football. But this is the start of a new era. This in-depth podcast will take you inside the new regime. Welcome to Rebuilding Rutgers from the Ashes.